Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is. The head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings and our hola. I am in fact Spud. Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> Why don't we make a pact here? Nothing long term. Just for say the next 58 and a half minutes. You stick with us and not change to another station, and I promise to deliver a personal greeting for your voicemail. Or, maybe more enticing, I promise to not provide a personal greeting to the masses who hate my guts, but still listen to our show each week. You know, just email me here at thespudgoodmanshow at gmail.com, and I will either leave you alone or will actually provide a semi-witty greeting. Okay? It's, it's your call. So just hang with us as you might actually like what you hear. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. So right now I need to introduce our, our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Um, show everyone just how skilled you are as a world-class laugher. Oh, would a chortle be okay? Yeah, I think that would work. <laughs> was that good enough? Um, yeah, I, I think it was just fine. Okay. And now I'm obligated to acknowledge our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, simulate a warm hello to our listeners. You don't really have to actually say or do anything. Just simulate it. What? I'm, how, how does one simulate a warm greeting? I'm, I'm not equipped to do this. How, but how about I deliver an actual warm greeting? real greeting. I, I can do that. No, no, no. I, I think we're good. So oh. let's let's get this show started. What I thought would be an interesting topic to cover would be all the options people have when you kick the bucket. Oh. You know, in, in the old days before the internet and cell phones, everyone was just buried in the ground. And nowadays, it's like a, a freaking smorgasbord of choices. And when you hit a certain age, you start getting all these ads in the mail about your forever place of residence. Uh, it's, it's, oh, man. It's, there's so many choices. It's, it's overwhelming. <laughs> Well, you know, of course, we Holcombs will be buried in our family site while we await our call to heaven. Uh, you know, there are three generations of our family buried there. Wow. It's a lovely location. Uh, maybe, you know, a little too many dandelions that time. The staff there really needs to do a better job with the, the weed and feed. I don't think it's going to happen. I've made all the preparations for my final resting place, and I'm very comfortable with well, it. Can I ask uh, what you've decided on? Because I just can't make a decision myself. Well, it's all in my will. I really would rather keep that private until the time comes. Well, well, I'm torn between getting cremated and having my ashes, you know, drop from a plane over maybe the Middle East, as the weather there is like warm and it, it never rains. Because I don't want to transform into mud. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh boy. Or I'm toying with possibly going with that Neptune Society option. You know, uh, they offer like. 
I don't know. I was thinking about being buried at sea. So I, you know, uh, I just always enjoy being out on boats, especially when it's sunny out. Good call, yo. Yeah, you know, that would not be an appropriate option for anyone in my faith. Uh, but as there is little chance for an afterlife for you, do you really want to spend... You don't know that. Well, but just let's play the odds. And are you yeah. sure you want to spend eternity in the ocean? Because i got to tell you, that sounds depressing. More depressing than being, you know, under a bunch of dirt and weeds forever? Well... You know, my old co-host Chick Hunter was a very loyal co-worker... It's so damn expensive to die these days. He was willing to double up with me in a styrofoam casket, you know, to keep me company and to save money. We talked about it. And, of course, I would have been on top for sure. I don't think so. Well, I'm surprised you could ever handle being cooped up in a box with another body on top of you. Um, and Dorothy, I would have been on top, okay? Oh, I was oh, the top. Right, so you right. Need, you need to th rethink that, okay? Now, uh -huh. if, if you were a bottom, yeah, that could get old pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just think that people like you, Spud, those who have no shot at making it to heaven, you need Again, to think... Again, you don't know that. Well, but you need to think long term. What would be the most comfortable, regardless of the cost? Well... I have to say, I am time. not 100% sure about this heaven thing, okay? So, so, so if I were you, yeah. you, I would be thinking long-term yourself. I mean, you better have a fallback plan if you're left behind with oh. the rest of us. No Bible stories for you tonight. Well, I know I'm stuck here as I've made a few bad choices in my lifetime. Like, oh. I voted for Richard Nixon in 1968. Oh, that was one of my greatest regrets, and I know I will probably burn in hell for it. No, no, that's nonsense, Mrs. Jarvitz. In my church, voting for Nixon would not be an automatic ticket to hell. There would have to be other factors involved. Like, um, have you ever voted straight Democrat on your ballot? Uh, that that could tip the scales. Aha! Uh -huh. That's between me and my God. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to answer that. All right. right. Okay. Hey, we, we can continue this conversation a little later. Right now, I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be interviewing in a bit. Here is Wilston. Tribute to the woman I love. She's got a spinning habit that's beyond and above. The more she spends, the sicker I get, and it's all because I gotta buy a cheaper booze to get a cheaper buzz. Doesn't know how I get out alive, so I'll drink myself to death and leave it all behind with cirrhosis. Cirrhosis. She's got my money, I got cirrhosis. But I could use more The more she spends The sicker I get And it's all because I gotta buy a cheaper booze To get a cheaper bus She doesn't have a clue That's all it's taking on my liver But she'll find out soon enough And then she'll cry you all over My cirrhosis Cirrhosis She's got my money I got cirrhosis 
God's road. This is a Spud Goodman Show. This is Bruce Dern, and I want to tell you how happy I'm, uh, I am to be on the Spud Goodman Show. Um, it, it, he is Seattle all the way through, and if he can tell me the other end opposite Steve Largent, I'll give him a dollar. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. What your first guest, Natasha Legero and Moshe Kasher, are waiting to speak with you. All right. You, you know they're actually a married couple and and have a new comedy special on Netflix. You, you know, someday I hope to get that Netflix in our home, but my wife feels there's too much nudity on the channel, so we tend no, to no, stick ne with. No, no. Netflix is it's not a channel, and she's probably oh. thinking of of Cinemax. You know, and they, uh, they've dropped most of their shows with naked people anyway. Good call, yo. Yeah, well, I dropped Cinemax last year. It has gotten really boring. Well, okay, uh, I'll let my wife, Rachel, know that Netflix does not have nudity. I didn't and say that, there weren't movies that. and TV shows, you know, without nudity. Oh. I mean, but these things have plots. Their shows have plots and, and at least some acting. Netflix is an essential part of life. I don't get how you can get from day to day without it. Oh, well, I think he's a cyborg. No, I, I'm not a cyborg, for goodness sake. Oh, Just sorry. put Natasha and Moshe through, yeah, please. Here they are. Say hello to legally married comedians Natasha Legero and Moshe Kasher. Hey, thanks for checking in with us. Thank you. I'm not sure if it's legal, though, because I don't think we sent in the little seat. Oh. Right. As far as I'm concerned, it's not legal until, you know, we fully consummate in every possible way. We haven't done <laughs> There's one thing we haven't done yet. And so I don't know that it's legal, but I'm hoping that this, this radio interview will seal the deal. All right, super. Well, you have a new comedy project titled The Honeymoon Stand-Up Special, now available for streaming on Netflix. Not a whole lot of married couples are brave enough to work together, let alone stand-up comedians, or you're known to be somewhat true Darwinists. Give our listeners the scoop on how you guys pulled this off. I mean, you're still married, right? Well, we're still married. We're hanging on by a thread. And I think our secret is that we're not Darwinists. We're hardcore religious fundamentalists. And that's what makes our stand-up so darn funny, is the fundamentalist religiosity. No, it's, it's very hard to, to be a stand-up comedian and be in a city all by yourself. And so for us, doing it together was very helpful because then we could, you know, hang out in a city together. And also then most of us not having sex with anyone who's like all his fans. Huh. I mean, I stopped that when we got started dating she's she's uh it's, it's not like she's putting a stop to it but marriage put a stop to it and then once you're not single just like Natasha said once you're not single the road is the most boring and lonely place you know they say you do the show for free but you get paid to travel and so we decided if we could travel together then we wouldn't be we wouldn't be bored and we wouldn't be lonely on the road and that turned into this special 
Oh, super. Well, Moshe, I gotta ask you this. Does it ever get competitive on stage working with your spouse? I, I know I was pretty competitive with a few of my ex-wives, even with like who was like better at vacuuming or handling and recycling. How's it for you? Uh, well, Natasha doesn't vacuum, uh, and uh, neither do I. So, uh, and we also don't recycle because we don't think that uh, global warming is a thing. <laughs> oh, you too, huh? Oh, okay. We, uh, but you know, one thing we we are competitive about who can hire the best vacuumer. I would say that uh, no, Natasha and I are not particularly competitive, which is probably why we are able to do this special together. I, uh, I, I I'm glad to be with a uh, a powerful a powerhouse of entertainment. And I think she is too, isn't that right? Yeah, you know, some men are just confident enough to not be jealous of their, you know, really talented spouses. And so That's right. If Natasha was less talented, we would have less money. And well, so I don't know good what, what good jealousy would do us. Yeah. Well, Natasha, um, you do not pull any punches in your act, but offstage, do you try to keep your powder dry when Moshe tees up an obvious joke like when he does something dumb? Because I've been told guys are a great source for humor. Um, what are you saying? Do I make fun of him when he does something dumb, and then? Or, or do you cut him slack? Days? I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm saying is is does like whatever he does daily is that like material for you? The dumb stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, he gets he gets very defensive about the things that. No, I don't. I, no, I don't. I don't get defensive at all. I don't he, even know what you're talking he about. He gets very defensive when I make fun of him for, you know, never closing a cabinet or leaving his socks by the bread or. You know, I was talking to him the other day, and he just, you know, put some corn chips in a plant and walked away. So he does have, like, issues like that. It's not that I'm defensive. It's that you you just don't understand that I'm not wrong. Well, oh, let me ask you this, Latasha. From a failed husband's perspective, um, you know, I mean, what area of behavior by, you know, by Moshe in your daily married life seems to be the most annoying? That's what I was just What's the most annoying thing? That when he drops something, his instinct is not to pick it up, but to run away. Oh, okay. I'll so write that down. he's a mess, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. And, and I would say that uh, Natasha's most annoying instinct is uh, that every two months or so, uh, a, a team of delivery drivers will show up at the house with a new set of antiques for uh, the outdoor outdoor lawn furniture, as if we don't have 72 pieces of that already. I'm starting a restaurant. Out in our yard. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe a furniture flea market. Super. Well, you know, I like to uh, do furniture. It's it's my video game. Uh, If only you let me play video games with impunity, I would perhaps allow this flea market to continue. Well, I don't want. To, I want to start. I think I started something here. I'm sorry. Let me let me let me move on to the next question. Yeah. Um, no, maybe... I started long before you, Spud. You just can't. You're just observing it. Okay. All right. Uh, Spud. Yes, well, this is exactly the same thing you've done on many occasions when you're with my wife and I. I can't count the times you have instigated an argument between us. Why do you do this? Oh, hey, guys, I need a brief moment here. Don't blame me for the state of your marriage. If you guys can't get along, you both need to take a a good long look in the mirror and decide if, if you two should have ever gotten hitched. I mean, it's a bad match. 
Uh, I have to say, Spud, you have caused a few disagreements between Chance and I, too. You have this knack for pitting people against each other. Well, I have been picking up some pointers from Trump. Now, he's the best at it. And I need to, you know, get up to speed on this gaslighting deal, too. But, but your relationship with Chance, the intern, needs to be exposed for what it is. A purely physical thing, and it makes me want to puke saying that. You know, the next time you're with me and my wife, uh, could you please refrain from stirring things up? And, well, and, would it be so hard to be supportive of Chance and I? Yeah. Um, I don't think I can. And yes, it's too hard. Uh. Now, let me get back to Natasha and Moshe. All right, guys, I'm back. Well, I'm going to bring up the topic of kids as you guys are expecting one soon. Is that correct? I know she came out. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We're okay. expecting her to cry any moment. Oh, well. Yeah, so, uh, I did the special. I think I was seven months pregnant when I did the special, and the baby came out in February, and uh, she's cute. Thank God. Yeah, we like her. You know, we think she's cool. We're still getting to know her. We still know each other a little bit better, but uh, so far, she's pretty cool. So right now, you know, we're, no, we're not even doing the road. I'm, I'm just trying to spend as much time as possible with her and, and the nanny. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I was I mean, thinking. Look, we, the nanny, like, those are nice. Yeah, yeah, we like her a lot. She doesn't have a Netflix special, so you know, it's not like she's not that cool, but but so so far she's alright. Well, you know, I don't I don't know much about the kid thing, but have you guys already divided up the chores? Because I've read it's not like having a dog and you just letting it go outside to its business. You have to at least hire someone, and I guess you have already to look out for it. Right, it's not like having a dog in that way, but in in terms of being able to feed it kibble, it is like having a dog. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm breastfeeding, so Moshe, you know, I, I explained to him he was gonna have to wait on me in the morning, so right. he was making me breakfast. Oh my nice. God! Ooh. You were. Let's not talk about that. Well, you only did it for a week, so that's that's the part I was gonna talk about. Hey, fellas, you know me. I don't make breakfast. You know, if you're listening, come on. But yes, you do have to divide up the chores a little bit, and. Uh, it's definitely a lot of work. We were up all night. I was up all night tonight. Huh. Yesterday. Now. Damn. But that was mostly because of the Adderall, not the kid, right? <laughs> well, I heard that helps. All right. Um, well, no, Moshe, you, you have, you know, I was wondering about this. You must have given a high five for your last name as the title of your autobiography, Cashier in the Rye, is top notch. Was it a question that once you came up with the title, you just had to write the book? No. We didn't reverse it. It's like, you mean like Kevin Can Wait? The yeah. The TV well, show where they come up, yeah. come up with a title and then make a show around it? Kind of. You know what? I was lucky. I was lucky enough to have an, a, a crazy life story that I w- wrote a book about. And then luckier on top of that uh, to be able to come up with such a punny and interesting title. But the book's real good. I'm very proud of it. So once you're done with this Honeymoon Santa special, order my book on Amazon. Read all about it. Super. Read about how I went to rehab three times by the time I turned 16. Gee, all right. I, I heard you have led an interesting life. Super. All right, well, I, I'm going to let you guys go as you probably have stuff to do. So everyone needs to check out your new Netflix special, the Honeymoon Stand-Up Special, now available for streaming. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on our show. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. Spud, don't let me let me in tears. Spud, don't let me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And why he done that, I just don't understand. He 
pencil to quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Smart good man. Smart good man. Smart good man show. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Now, Spud, about your interest in a burial at sea, I have heard you many times say that you don't enjoy swimming pools. Yeah, well, yeah but the chlorine bothers your eyes, uh, right? Yeah, so, correct. okay, now... I know there's no chlorine in the ocean, but but think about the salt water. That will be an irritant for eternity. Stop being weak! If I don't make it to some kind of afterlife, yeah, it could bug me, but I haven't decided if I'm going in the water as a full body, you know, like what they did with Osama bin Laden, you know. Being wrapped in sheets will not offer much protection from sharks and jellyfish. Mm. I, I could go with the spread, the, you know, the ashes route too, in the water, there's there's a lot to weigh here. Just a lot of pluses and minuses. Oh, well, sharks don't scare me, but I really hate jellyfish. Well, re- regarding the shark issue, I would think, and I'm not an expert, but I would think they would douse a full body with a ton of shark repellent before they dumped it into the sea. And then I said, like, whale sharks. I'm like, oh, that must mean a whale and a shark have sex. Uh, You know, our family are big fans of Shark Week, and we never miss it on the Discovery Channel. We especially loved Megalodon, the monster shark lives. Oh, what a great program. Very scary stuff. Oh, yeah. That was a mockumentary, Gerald. It Uh, wasn't a true story. uh, Yeah, somebody made it up. And only a moron would believe that there really was a Megalodon around today. I love the poorly educated. Well, you don't know for sure that there isn't a megalodon. There are a lot of things in life that maybe the so-called experts don't believe in, but, you know, they're very real. Oh, brother. Like that one about the Earth being 6,000 years old? That's fake news and is more ridiculous than a a fake monster (laughs) shark. All right, all right. We we have discussed this on many occasions, but you need to read the Bible more carefully. Of course, the Earth is about 6,000 years old. It's clearly written, and you would understand it if you ever picked up a Bible. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Yeah, it's only off by around, I don't know, four and a half billion years. Uh, Mistakes happen. Oh, but but getting back to this burial at sea option, why don't you have somebody from that Neptune Society on the show and ask them some questions? It might be interesting for our listeners. Hmm, good idea. Hey, see if Chance the intern can put down his flipping phone and get a hold of someone from that uh, the Neptune yeah that Neptune society that, that place yeah and do it now so we can squeeze him or her in before we sign off okay uh, chance Ch- chance you did you hear spud um yeah I guess I could try and contact some guy from that place if you want y- well yes we would like you to do that <laughs> okay when I am done with this game I'll google the Neptune society. <laughs> Okay, you you might want to pause that game and make the call right now. Okay, whatever. The future of our country. God help us all. So I can see some upside, though, with this option. I mean, you could float for decades and end up in some exotic country. Yeah. Uh, that is, if you aren't chewed up beyond recognition. Honey, look at this. Yeah, you know, that was something I did think of. You know, once you get tossed into the water, you're... You're kind of like one of those bottles with a message in them, you know? 
I wouldn't mind ending up at like Maui or, or maybe the south of France when, when they're doing that Cannes Film Festival. Now, I know a dead body can't attend a screening. I'm not delusional. But just being up close to all those celebrities would be kind of cool. Most of them have these like humongous yachts that they party on all night. Courtney, Chloe. I don't know if your spirit or, or whatever is left after you die would be able to enjoy much no matter where you end up. Dorothy, that's a bit of a downer to toss into this conversation. I'm sorry. You know, I myself have no problems with any scenario for those who are left behind. It's not like you guys haven't been warned. And yes, that may sound cold, but we all have the same choices to make. Spud, you have chosen to go with the temporary distractions of media, such as, uh, uh, you know, that Netflix or HBO. And, and yes, I'm sorry, you porn, what uh, they offer you, you know, that's for your time here on Earth. Um, uh, you porn is lame, okay? That is no longer well, on the favorites list on my laptop. Hey, Bud, what's your problem? So, I have my own feelings about a possible afterlife, and all I will say on that topic is I believe in science. Ooh, my aunt just dropped the mic. <sighs> now, now, Mr. Temporary co-host, check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Oh, uh, uh, okay, and yes, I am being told your next guest, Marty Croft, is waiting to speak with you. Uh, but I have to tell you, I loved H.R. Puffin stuff. I, I, I am so excited to hear all about that show. Dude, Marty and his brother Sid have made a buttload of shows over the years. So many, I could never ask him about all of them. I mean, mm. and, and they're getting a Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award for their work. Well, I used to enjoy their Boogaloo show. Very entertaining. You, you know, Spud, I've often thought a Spud Goodman TV show with a puppet rather than you would have a much better chance at mainstream success. You, you know, most people don't like you, the person, but well, a, a, puppet? Uh, a puppet? A puppet's well, a much more maybe. lovable figure, I think. It, it's something to consider. Uh, that's true. I wouldn't object to bringing back my old TV show, you know, with a puppet playing me. Yeah. As long as I could record my dialogue at home, you know, on the couch and maybe my boxers, it would be awesome. I could just, like, pause, you know, whatever show or game I was watching and, and, and knock out my stuff. Hey, talk talk to our executive producer. Maybe she could pitch it or something. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Well, I have, and she thinks people would hate a Spud Goodman puppet, too. Yeah, whatever. Real, yeah. All right, just, just put Marty through. Yeah, here he is. Please welcome a true television legend, producer Marty Croft. Along with his brother Sid, they created a bunch of very memorable programs over the years. H.R. Puffin Stuff, Land of the Lost, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, the Banana Splits, and a ton of others. Thanks for checking in with us, Marty. Oh, I'm glad to be here. I love Seattle. Yeah. We're well, at the Seattle World's Fair. I have the number one ticket for the Space Needle. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Um, I rode up in the elevator with five people for the first time. Hey, all right. Well, you and your brother have been honored this year by the National Academy of the Television Arts and Sciences with a Lifetime Achievement Award for your body of work, and that's a pretty large body. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, um, I got to say this. Most you know, listening now grew up watching at least a couple of your TV shows. I know I dug the Banana Splits a lot. They were, you know, all your all your shows were a big part of the cultural landscape. Being so successful, did you then or, or now? Because you're you know you're still producing programming. Uh, did you do you feel much pressure with the bar set so high? 
Well, we didn't know it then. You know, we went on, and we were like the first ones to come opposite animated shows when they were on Saturday morning for the three networks. So we didn't know it was going to happen. We didn't know we were going to kind of change the whole the whole idea of, of kid shows. So, you know, that was that was something that probably was a surprise. Huh. As a matter of fact, we, we never saved most of our memorabilia. Who knew? So probably threw out two, three million dollars of that memorabilia. But we have a bunch of it still. That, that's what I was going to ask you about the puppets. I was just curious, and I guess maybe you did answer. I was, I was wondering what happens to the old puppets, you know, when the program got canceled. I mean, is there like a, was there like a puppet mausoleum where they could rest in peace? I mean, what happened to them? Well, the, the, the puppets we had before the shows were marionettes, mostly rod puppets. We have about 500 of those in the warehouse. They're, they're old and they're, they're in good shape. And, you know, and the characters, we've rebuilt some of them. They were hard to just, you know, they kind of fall apart after a while. So you have to rebuild them. Huh. But, you know, the, the vehicles and all, a lot of other things, of course, are still in existence. All right. Well, you know, you and Sid also produced a number of network variety shows like the Donnie Marie Show, the Brady Bunch Variety Hours. Was, was that, uh, was that a little harder than working with puppets? Well, it was different. You know, Fred Silverman and Michael Eisner, who were the heads of ABC, came to us. They wanted to know if we could create the Donnie and Marie show. So they asked us to do it. We came back with the idea. They loved it, and so we produced and created the Donnie and Marie show and made a whole Friday night for ABC with it, the top ten show. Right. But then we went on to do others. So we kind of had the format down. So we did a number of them. Yeah, I would think that pe- people are a lot more high maintenance than puppets. So I don't know what was more of a headache for you. I'm just curious, but well, puppets are not easy. Oh, okay. You know, you're dealing with a lot of puppeteers, and it's just not easy. You know, it's it's not easy. But we knew how to do it because we were puppeteers for years. So we we created our own style, and it worked. Yeah, I, I would say it worked quite quite well. Um, well, you know, I was interested in your decision to produce Richard Pryor's animated Saturday morning show, Pryor's Place, in 84. Did, did you get much pushback from the network suits as far as the material? Because they, they might have thought it would be too hip for the room, but kids are really smart, and obviously it was a, it was a good decision to go forward with it. It won a bunch of awards. Well, you know, get, he was big then. Getting him was a big thing. The president of CBS said, if you can get Richard Pryor to do a kid show, we'll pick it up. So I did. It took me a while. You know, he changed his mind 35 times, but finally I got him. And, uh, you know, he's a great performer. He's one of a kind. It was he started a whole lot of stuff that was good. I mean, it, that. speaking of raising the bar, that show, I mean, totally raised the bar for uh, Saturday morning programming. It was, it was amazing. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah. Well, um... You ventured into political satire in 1987 with uh, DC Follies. I like that show. Any thought of maybe bringing it back now? The, the show could write itself, you know, maybe a darker puppet version well, you of know, House we, of Cards. We, we've been trying to bring it back, but I'll tell you, there is so much stuff out there on Trump and everything that we got another thing coming that is very special, that is an offshoot of the thinking of doing DC Follies. So we, we really pulled back on... We, oh, we built a, a, 
you know, we built a Trump puppet, you know, oh. a Putin puppet. So we had, I have those in my office, but we didn't build anything else because we kind of stopped the, the development. But we have something new coming. Well, well, I certainly hope this new show of the Crofts does not portray our commander-in-chief, Donald Trump, as best buddies with that Vladimir Putin. I, I get so upset when I hear the mainstream media suggest that they are close friends. Uh, Marty, just a sec. They may not be best buddies, but Putin sure seems to be the one who calls the well, shots in that relationship. I'm, well, I think Trump has a crush on him. Oh, now that is ridiculous, Mrs. Jarvis. No. Our president just has a healthy respect for all world leaders. Uh, not so much for the ones with a free press and actual elections. He really likes the dudes that are my way or the highway types. Yeah. Well, it's called a healthy respect for authorities, bud. Okay, Mr. Goebbels. Now, let me get back to Marty, if you don't mind. I have returned. Sorry about that. Okay. You and Sid are not exactly doing the retirement thing now, as you, as you currently have. At least three shows in production and a bunch of others in some stage, you know, pre-production or whatever. Would you term yourself a workaholic? Because you sure aren't a kickback and do the crossword puzzle all day kind of guy. Well, listen, if you stay home and watch daytime television for a month, you'd probably be dead. So I'm better, better off working. Right. You know, and we still can do it, and we're still happening, so it's all good. Of course, we have a segment, I don't know if you know, on it, uh, Amazon Prime, which is where you guys are in Seattle. Right. So yeah. that's been a tough one. David Arquette's but, uh, in that project, right? Yeah. All right, well, um, I know you probably have a whole lot of things to do. You're way more busy than I am, so I want to congratulate... I want to congratulate you and your brother, Sid, again for your Lifetime Achievement Award from the Emmy people. It is highly deserved. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Hey, thank you for having me. There you have it, Mr. Marty Croft. Spud goodness to Anulo. Spud goodness to Anulo. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Say hello to Williston. Guys, introduce yourselves and the instrument you are currently bonding with. My name is Scott Wetzel, and I play guitar and vocals. My name is Rob, and I play guitar and vocals as well. My name is Pete, and I just play bass. My name is TJ, and I'm the drummer. I hit stuff. Yeah, super. Now, you guys hail from the wilds of Snoqualmie, Washington. There are like bears and moose in your backyards, right? I've read about it. Well, it's actually Snohomish, so oh, well, there's more it's, loggers. It's in the mountains. It's in the mountains, though, right? It's close. Yeah, yeah, it's close. All right. Uh, I actually live on the wilds of uh, Aurora Avenue and 40th. Um, it gets kind of crazy out there, too, but... Uh, That's where all the streetwalkers are, right? Well, I like to think of it as the Beverly Hills of Aurora. We don't uh, get too many of that kind okay. down there. You know, it's, okay. It's, it's, you know, just close down motels and whatnot. Okay, super. Um, well, 
I am uh, picking up that you guys, this is just me, I don't know, I'm not an expert, we, you know, we're not close friends or anything yet, but I'm picking up you guys have opted for a somewhat low profile, shunning the glamour or the spotlight. So I just want to say, you have picked the right show to appear on. I mean, you could be in the, in the, the witness protection program and be safe here. So you guys feel secure? Yeah. Perfect. This safe. is our jam. <laughs> Mm, yeah. right. Super. Feels okay. good. Feels good. Okay. Well, you know, in taking a look at your band profile uh, regarding other bands you dig, it said you guys like everyone equally. And that is very magnanimous mm. of you. But I have to ask, is that everyone? I mean, are you really serious? Everyone, even like Creed or The Biscuit? You, you guys are saints. Well, everybody deserves to be loved. <laughs> Milly Vanilli? <laughs> There's not any band in the world that just just makes you ill i mean i don't want to be divisive here and oh. i know it's not nice for musicians to trash other musicians i get yeah. that it's a community but i mean can we be honest it's all right if you punch up right so if they're yes. bigger than us we can that's what I, yeah totally uh, that yeah. Totally. we have a hard time with ourselves okay <laughs> okay my gosh okay um well for the record what is the band's favorite flavor Trisket. Now think of think this thing before you just jump mm. in here, because there are so many options. I'm a tomato and sweet basil guy myself, but one by one, can I have the answer, please? Can I can I just step in here? Yeah. Okay. And I hope people from Trisket are listening. When they did the jet air puffed Trisket, that was my favorite Trisket. Oh, wow. Did, did they okay. discontinue Super. that? It was it was like one box and they're done. Oh. Well, this question hit your sweet spot. Yeah, that's tough. I like that. I'm passionate about Triscuits. I, mean, I guess you are. TJ's known for that. <laughs> His, his de devout love of Triscuits. I'm a plain guy because I like to add stuff to it. Okay. I'm a plain guy too. I just used to get drunk and steal whichever one was closest to the checkout stand when I left with whatever cheese I was stealing for that night, too. I think it was usually rosemary and olive oil. Okay, hopefully that's Solid outside choice. the statute of limitations, but I think that's a fairly new flavor, so maybe not. Anyway, all right. Well, what's the name of the next song, and what the heck is it about? Rob? It's Broadway Black. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> Fair the name of the song is uh, Broadway Black, drinking. and it's about... Uh, a drink called the Manhattan, and uh, and yeah. Okay, well, let's do it. Past, but now I'm drunk. I used to see the 
pen to Hate the man Then I'll be sad too I hold my breath To choke the fuse I fall again This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is Alan Parsons from the Alan Parsons Project. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Project today. Uh, Spud, yeah. your last guests, uh, Jay Chandra Seeker and Kevin Heffernan, are on the line. Now, okay, these guys are in some movie about cops, right? I, I, I think they're state troopers. Uh, it's the sequel, actually, to a very successful movie, Super Troopers. This is Super Troopers 2. Uh, okay. The cast are longtime members of the uh, Broken Lizard comedy group. Well, you know, I enjoy police so, uh, shows, so I should probably check it out. Yeah, I, uh, just be aware this is not like your favorite TV cop shows. Mm -hmm. These guys make fun of the genre. I, I don't know why I'm asking, but I, I'm going to try this anyway. Did you see the first Super Troopers? It's a very funny movie. Well, I found that movie much more enjoyable with a couple special gummy bears. Lately, I've been cutting back, uh, you know, being involved with Chance and not wanting to set a bad example. But I won't lie, I do miss them. This guy's been stoned since the third grade. Yeah, I hear they're making pot sriracha now. But anyway, just put uh, Jay and Kevin on. Yeah, you got it. Here they are. Please greet two members of the Broken Lizard comedy team, Jay Chandrasekhar and Kevin Heffernan. Gentlemen, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. I love Thank you. Yeah, super. So, uh, Jay, you're on, on the record for writing, co-directing, and co-starring in the brand new Super Troopers 2 movie, now being released nationwide. Do you plead guilty? I do. I mean, I will say that all five of us write the movie. So I am, I am the director, but we all write it and we all act in it, that's for sure. All right, super. Now, Kevin, um, you co you co-star, and I thought you co-directed, but wh whatever, you know, what are titles anyway, right? Um, so, but let me ask you this: Are all the guys from the original film in the sequel? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we, we all came back to the movie. We brought some people back with us. Uh, Linda Carter's in the movie again. Jim Gaffigan, Brian Cox, uh, the whole crew's back. Super. All right. So, so the story's about a, a border dispute between the U.S. and uh, Canada, right? Uh, so instead of trying to build a freaking wall, the, the troopers sort of take matters into their own hands, correct? 
Well, what happens is, uh, you know, the U.S. and Canada went through a, a real border a re reassessment. What they found out is the markers were in the wrong places uh, in some places. So they did a land swap. And we thought, what if a whole French-Canadian town was actually American soil? And, we, and in the movie, they send uh, uh, the highway patrol up to oversee the three-week transfer uh, of land from Canada to the U.S. And these, these French Canadians are, are none too happy about it. So we're kind of like an occupying force. Oh, it's kind of a timely topic. And, and you know, kind of, sort of. What do you think? Yeah, it's border top, border politics, man. That's some topical stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it depends on what uh, news uh, channel you watch for your, as far as your perspective. But, yeah. Anyway, um... So, uh, as longtime members of the Broken Lizard comedy team, can I ask how hard it's been for you guys to like stay together after all these years? Because if you were in a band, all of you would have been like three or four new ones by now. Yeah, no, it's not bad. I mean, we, we've known each other since we were 18 years old, so we were friends before we even started the business, uh, which I think has allowed us to stay that way. You know, so over the years, you know, there were times where we lived in the same apartment together and. You know, now we have our own houses, and uh, it's fun to come together and work like we were 18 years old again. You know? do, do you think comedy people get along better with each other than rock musicians then? I think that we probably do. I, I, I mean, you know, there's something about... <laughs> I mean, but look, there's some bands like you know, ACDC and, and the, you know, the, the Rolling Stones that just, you know, for the most part, stay together. Yeah. Uh, comedy, you know, comedy teams... They break up too. We're just kind of unique. Oh, all right, super. So, uh, how method are you guys? Uh, did did you grow and keep those mustaches on throughout the production, or did you just glue fake ones on before a scene? Because going out in public <laughs> with one would be pretty risky. No, we uh, we went to full Monty. We did it all. We grew the mustaches. We got the crew cut. You know, we wanted to make sure. You know, you thought that maybe we could really be cops. We know whether you think that or not. I don't know, but. Uh, we grew our big bushy mustaches, and we still have them. We still have them today. Seriously, whoa, that's the, you are method. That's that's that's, that's yeah. impressive. Okay, well, you know, on the show uh, here, we're, we're talking about like the best way to to go out at the end of life. You know, you know, the final plan. And I, I'm kind of toying with a, a burial at sea, and uh, but I'm looking at other alternatives. Do you guys have any unique suggestions? Have you given that any thought? Uh, about how we want to be buried? Yeah, I mean, I, we're, hmm. I, burial at sea is, is, is something I'm thinking about. Uh, you know, I, I think I would like to do what, uh, like what the old Willie Nelson song says. Is, uh, I'd like to be cremated and, uh, you know, roll me up and smoke me when I die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never even thought of that one. I, I, that's right, I forgot that song, yeah. <laughs> Willie was a prophet, is a prophet, whatever, yeah, it's well stated. Uh, Spud. Yes, was that suggestion by these gentlemen about being cremated and smoked another one of those marijuana references? I sure hope not, as I specifically asked a few members of my church to tune in and listen. Uh, hey guys, just a sec. Sure, got it. Uh, yeah, it was. So what? Well, Willie Nelson is one of the smartest people in the world. I mean, during some parts of the day, and in that song, he might have come up with the best idea ever. I mean, yeah, if someone was a bit chunky, sure, it would take a while for the immediate family to smoke their relative, but, but it would be a very caring and meaningful gesture. Well, I think that I would rather smoke a relative or a friend who was a vegetarian rather than a meat eater. Hmm? Yeah, I The get flavor that. would seem to be a bit smoother. 
not as harsh, sort of like a sativa blend. Man, I, I think they would have to make special, really, really big bongs for like NBA or, or NFL players. Rolling papers just wouldn't get the job done. You do know that smoking marijuana is still illegal in many states. Just because our state of Washington allows this, this illicit behavior, we should not condone what is essentially an immoral act. Oh, no. Uh, no less moral uh, than down in a Bud Light. Uh, I'm sure your friends from church, if they're listening now, have on occasion taken a few sips from one of those on a, a New Year's Eve or at a Super Bowl party. Well, I don't know. Now let me get back to Jay and Kevin, please. Okay, I'm back. Okay, well, uh, let me hit you with this. Are there plans for a Super Troopers 5 or 6? I mean, why stop now, right? Absolutely. People go out and see it. Uh, then we're going to make a Super Troopers 3 Winter Soldiers. And then Super Troopers 4 Electric Boogaloo. Ah, super. <laughs> well, as filmmakers, uh, let me let me close with this. Uh, is there anybody out there that was a major influence on you in, in terms of uh, this film and, and just your approach to uh, movie making? Well, sure. I mean, John Landis, who made Animal House, Blues Brothers, Trading Places, like those are the movies that we love the most. I mean, 48 Hours, certainly Monty Python, you know, those are kind of the core, the core, uh, you know, Caddyshack. Those, those, those are the kind of films we love the most. Oh, you kind of, you kind of hit the classics. Those are the yeah, well, well done. All right, super. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for checking in with us. The new Super Troopers two movie is now at theaters everywhere. Uh, Mr. J. Chandrasekhar and Kevin Heffernan, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thank you. Super. My, how time flies. Uh, Spud, Spud, Chance was able to get a hold of an individual from that uh, Neptune Society, yeah. and he's waiting to speak with you. Well, what do you know? Chance comes through for us. Yeah. Oh, okay, put put the collar through. Um, you're on the air, man, or, or, or woman, I don't know who, uh, who, who am I speaking to, with, or whatever. Hello, is this, hello, is this Chance? Uh, no, Chance is an intern on this show. I am the host, Spud Goodman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Uh, 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 caller, he is the host of this show. I thought Chance was the host. Oh, well, I understand you wanted to ask me a few questions. Yeah, yeah, about this burial at sea that you guys offer. I mean, there, there are some things I need to know before I sign up, you know, and, and actually have to pay money or whatever. Uh, we do cremations at the Neptune Society. We have a brochure we can mail out if you can give me your address. Well, I, I was kind of hoping I could ask you a couple questions now on the air. You know, we're we're live on the air right now, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm just hoping though you aren't too boring. Have you ever been accused of putting people to sleep when you start talking? Because I'm just asking, as my listeners, you know, they they have standards and they have a life to lead and don't want to waste their time here. I, I don't know how to respond to that. Are you asking if I bore people to death? I would hope not. Okay. All right. That's fine. Let me ask you this. Can I be buried at sea as a whole cadaver? You know, I, I, or do I have to be cremated first? I, I just I, I don't know the answer to that one. Like I said, we're a cremation service. We're not able to do full body burials at sea. 
That okay, wouldn't be feasible. Wow. We are able to arrange the spreading of your ashes at sea if that's what you're interested in. Hey, I am pretty sure they could do it if you paid them enough. This is America, for God's sakes. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. Uh, uh, caller, our host here, uh, Spud Goodman, has issues yes, I am with, the host. with, I know, but he has issues with irritants in the water, uh, you know, such as the saline factor in the ocean. Now, I take it you don't do burials in like uh, lakes or rivers or creeks, correct? No, we do not. Uh, the ocean's a vast, the ocean and its vast glory is where we provide service. I guess if one wanted to dispose of his or her remains in a creek somewhere, they could. But we couldn't involve ourselves in that. No, no worries. As a creek or even a lake, it wouldn't be as cool as the open seas. Hmm. It's way more of an adventure out there. So I have another question, okay? I know your office is here in town, but the ocean water is really cold around this part of the country in Washington State. Could you launch me somewhere, you know, the water's a bit warmer? Even if I'm a bunch of ashes, there still must be some kind of shrinkage factor involved. I'm looking at it. We have offices in 22 states in this country, so there is some flexibility where you can choose to have your ashes spread. Okay, cool. You know, cool. That, that would be a big decision yeah. for you, Spud. I, I know you love this part of the country. Oh, yeah. You would always throw such a tantrum whenever your parents would do that yearly drive to Texas to visit relatives in the summer. You hated yeah. to be away from your friends now, here. Yeah, I, I'll admit I'm, I'm not big on traveling now, but after I'm dead, mm. I'll be way more open to checking out other locations. So would you like to receive our pricing plan? We feel our rates are very competitive and comparing cremation to traditional burials at cemeteries, well, you could save a lot of money. You mean whoever I, I leave, whatever money I have left, will have a few more dollars to blow at the casino? And I'm th- I've thought about that. I mean, I just still need to figure out who to designate as my beneficiary. Uh, of course, if I go before you, Aunt Dorothy, you get everything. I promise you. Oh, that won't be necessary. Dealing with your estate, no offense, dear, will not be ad- enjoyable at all. Well, what with you being a hoarder and with all that c- at your apartment and I'm what I'm... Well, I'm pretty sure there are considerable financial entanglements. No, I would rather not be the beneficiary if you don't really? mind. Uh, uh, well, that's well, well, kind of surprising. Well, well I, I would be honored to be the beneficiary in your will, Spud. And rest assured, I would handle your personal matters with great care. And if there are some financial assets left after everything is settled, I would donate them to your favorite charity. Um, I really don't have a favorite charity. I, uh, I've been thinking I should pick one, huh? How about a, a squirrel rescue operation? I've been seeing a lot of really, like, cool squirrel videos on Facebook. I, I'm starting to love squirrels. That's so hot. Am I done here? Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Is he done? I guess, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Is the interview yeah, over? Yeah, Can okay, I hang it's up over, now? It's over. I guess so. You know, and it wasn't a real interview anyway. As you didn't have, you didn't have that much information to provide. And what you did have is, it was just kind. Okay, kind. I'm just gonna say it. Boring. I'm sorry you feel that way. If you're interested in utilizing our services, drive by our office. We can discuss things further. Goodbye. Oh dear. Yeah. 
He wasn't very interesting as a guest, was he? I don't know. I, I learned a lot. And, and now I feel much more assured that after I ascend to heaven, six feet under is the only way for my earthly remains to go. Let me out of here! Uh, I'm more up in the air than before I, I spoke with that dude. Hmm. Ah, that was a waste of time. Hopefully, you know, I have a while before I have to make a final decision on where to while. park my remains. Anyway, i, I got to wrap up the show now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Williston. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions.